Good afternoon, friends. It's we um, welcome to this meeting for the Leo Festival, the Leo Forman Festival. Um, welcome to those of you who are here, and a big warm welcome to all of those who are listening um, in the, to the broadcast. One of the things about doing it by broadcast is we have to start exactly on um, at 6:30 p.m. So hence we wait, and it's rather lovely for those who are listening these meetings, there are varying numbers who come physically to the room, but they're always preceded by a deep quiet. Um, and I, ra I really love it because it's, it's very unusual that you go to a meeting where people sit quietly and where hopefully there's no sense that that quiet comes from being sort of, shh, you're not allowed to talk. But it's simply um, a sense of preparing for the deep work that we're able, to, that we're seeking to do and also aligning with the group of people all around the world who at this time, every month, are meditating in alignment with the opportunities of the full moon. So, greetings and welcome to this full moon meditation where we're aligning with the energies and potencies pouring into humanity and the earth through the being that is the sun, the great burning fire of hot plasma at the center of the solar system. Our alignment today is with the energies pouring through the sun, which are conditioned by the constellation Leo. It's quite something to think about the role that the sun plays in the physical life of the earth. It's our major source of light, energy, and heat. And as such, it fuels all life on earth. For a small but growing number of scientists who are associated with the Thunderbolts project and who are pioneering an electric universe theory, the sun is regarded as an electrically powered star and the focus of a cosmic electric discharge. During the full moon, the sun's emanations are, are at a peak because in the evening hours when the part of the earth is in darkness, Sunlight is reflected off the moon, producing that entrancing twilight effect. So it's not difficult to imagine that the energies radiated from the sun and via the sun are significantly enhanced and intensified for the five days of the full moon cycle. Metaphysical thinkers have always considered the sun to be a living being, the solar logos, with its own magnificent consciousness. And the electrical discharge produced by the physical sun is from this expression, from this perspective, seen as an expression or a radiation of the livingness of this being. The names given in esoteric literature to the different levels of the sun conscious of the sun's consciousness help to guide our imagination so that we can better think from this perspective begin to think in terms of the sun as a living being with its own consciousness. The solar logos is said to consist of three great cosmic, cosmic centers associated with the three levels of being that make up the sun. First, the physical sun that we see in the sky. The subjective sun, which we might think of as the egoic sun and referred to as the heart of the sun. And then the central spiritual sun, which can be thought of as the essence of sun, 
dynamic, pure fire. Radiation is most widely regarded as a physical phenomenon. One dic dictionary definition from the field of physics speaks of radiation as the complete process in which energy is emitted by one body, transmitted through an intervening medium or space, and absorbed by another body. But as everyone involved in esoteric work un understands, just as energy follows thought, radiation also follows thought. A concentrated and focused state of consciousness emits or radiates energy. And one of the primary functions of esoteric work is service through radiation where the quality of alignment between mind and soul and spirit enables the server to radiate the lighted loving energies of divinity into the mental and emotional environment in which human beings operate. Esoteric training in all the esoteric traditions aims to develop increasing skill and refinement in this process of service through radiation. And organized group activities such as triangles or the form in meditation work that we'll be performing this evening draw upon the resources of a group of minds sharing a common purpose to invoke and radiate energies of the higher worlds so that these energies may be absorbed by the new group of world servers and by the vast networks of goodwill which characterize humanity. The energies radiated evoke lighted thought and activity from all who are working for the good, the beautiful, and the true in humanity. And that's a large number of people. The mental and emotional environment in which human beings live out their lives, you and I live out our lives, is affected by these radiations in ways that we will probably never truly understand during our time and incarnation and time and space. We have no idea what the world would be like if it were not for the radiatory work of the world esoteric group down the ages. Remember, that's thinking of all esoteric traditions and, in a sense, of all who seek to work with love, who value the power of meditation, prayer, and thought. One way of pondering the impact of the radiation of collective thinking is to consider the effect of the superficiality and the shallow littleness of what is still the dominant material consumer-oriented understanding of psyche, economics, and society in our time. Imagine the devastating effects that the radiation of this base level of thought, what might be thought of as a collective state of depression, has not only on human development, but equally significantly on the other kingdoms of nature. A contemporary Indian writer, Shakti Mayra, has written of this, asking his readers to consider the impact that the absence of joy in modern human consciousness, the impact that this has on the aesthetic delight of plants and animals, he uses a telling phrase, Shakti Mari uses a telling phrase referring to the absence of joy in human consciousness and the general state of depression 
which he refers to as a desertification of delight. This thought of the impact of our collective depression has on plants and animals is a clear sign of the negative effects of the radiation of thought. In esoteric work, the, obje the object is to develop skills to concentrate and potentize positive, joyful radiations with the goal of empowering the soul in humanity and thereby strengthening the human will to raise the quality of relationships so that they may be more imbued with love, compassion, wisdom, and with a will to good, and so that they may contribute to and enhance the overall level of the aesthetic delight experienced by human beings. For our work this evening, we'll be considering the radiatory emanations of Leo, the vast network of starry world relationships and associations that combine to create the Leo influence. During the five days of the full moon, these radiations are passing through the fiery lens of the sun and streaming through that lens into the psyche of humanity. So can we just pause for a moment to identify with the group mind of all who are meditating for world service at this time. This is a field of mind that we know to be quiet, focused, and flooded with the light of the ashram. And then we can reach out to link with fellow servers in the esoteric group and with the wider group of world servers and with all the people of goodwill in the world in their millions, in all their varying degrees of concentrated goodness, as we sound together the Gayatri, which is a card on your chairs for those who are here with us in this room. Lodal who giveth sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return. Unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. the comments in the book Esoteric Astrology are anything to go by, the energies of Leo will provoke, or rather are provoking, a defining crisis in the transition into Aquarius and the Aquarian age. And this is because Leo governs the sense of self, and because Aquarius 
is the polar opposite of Leo. A good part of the story of the development of modern consciousness is the rising Leo's sense of individuality and self-assertion. But an equally important and in the long term more significant part of the story is the transformation of the sense of the separated self into the sense of the universal self. And it's clear that in the issues of this time in history, the two aspects of Leo are facing each other, apparently in stark contrast. Those who have a preoccupation with the needs and desires and fears of the separated self, who are becoming individuated, developing self-assertion, stand apparently in opposition to those who are preoccupied with the well-being of the whole. The tension between the two can sometimes be palpable, even if the way forward, the middle way, is sometimes not so easy to discern. And yet we can also see that this tension only concerns the two extreme poles of human development. For the vast numbers of people are somewhere in the middle, neither totally preoccupied with their own personal or family needs and desires, nor absorbed in concern about the well-being of the whole. And it's here in this middle ground, this fluctuating ground, where we see the potential for development as wisdom gradually grows out of the experience of living in a polarized world. Leo achieves its consummation, the peak of its spiritual potential, as service to the self transits into service to the whole. The lion who roars is transiting into the lion who lies down with the lamb. And one way of understanding this crisis of transition is to think in terms of a battlefield between forces of materialism and forces of light. But while this is a very real, real way of visualizing the current state of affairs in the world, the image of a battle between light and dark tends to emphasize winners and losers, victors and vanquished, and in the process can mark the subtleties of the transition process itself. For the lion's transformation involves the purification of consciousness, that is ongoing as the multitudes of people of goodwill are provoked to deepen their understanding of their own lives and of the policies and programs they believe will truly benefit all people and not just their own ethnic group or their own economic class or even their own nation. A slow process is underway through history of clarifying a sense of a possible future that will work for the benefit of all, enable all to grow from where we are now, where each person is now to the next stage of development, and not just a few people to grow, all to grow, regardless of ideologies, marketing claims, political spin or spiritual path. Ever since the end of the World War, the problems of separateness, problems that are found in fields of race, religion, economics, gender issues between men and women, children and education, have been the subject of debate, negotiation, conflict and division. Progress has been made and the quest for societies that enhance human rights 
and provide opportunities for the exercise of human responsibilities has moved through cycles of obvious progress together with cycles when little seems to be happening even though the deeper transformation has continued out of the spotlight. This whole process since the Second World War seems to have culminated in 2015 with a stunning agreement of governments in the world to a shared vision of future possibilities, referred to as transforming our world, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development laid out in 17 sustainable development goals which are now fueling activities in every nation completely often behind the scenes and out of the limelight of news reporting fueling activities in every nation as efforts are underway to move towards the goals by the year 2030 and although this process is taking place largely outside of the daily news cycle it is having a profound effect on development plans at every level of government throughout the world. Cities, counties, states and nations are changing policies in response to the vision posed by the 17 goals. And people of goodwill and popular movements, as well as in every profession, are organizing energies and transforming the profession around these goals. Nothing like this Nothing so substantial and deep has ever been seen before in human affairs. The crisis of the times and the processes of responding to the vision of sustainable regenerative development reflects the fact that the sense of self is in process of reforming and realigning. This isn't something that's happening through one symbolic event or action, but rather through a series of choices and judgments that are leading the psyche to become invocative to the higher, the more real self. Invocative, wanting, calling on these higher principles to find a way in which they can begin to manifest. Part of this can be seen in debates about nationhood. There's a tendency to view all aspects of national identification as inherently separative and in opposition to a growing sense of global citizenship. But this is far from the case. For national conversations about identity and place in the world are a fundamental part of the maturing of a nation and even though we think of this period as a time when globalization is the central dynamic in international affairs, the reality is that globalization forces nations to deepen their sense of self. It really challenges ideas of nationhood and of national self-interest. And the divided nation becomes increasingly divided under the intensity of globalization, as this thinking and pondering about who am I as a nation? What are we together? What do we stand for? You can just think of the tensions created by national debates around subjects like refugees and migration, subjects that are so relevant to so many, many countries in the world today. Leo directs our focus 
to national identity and to the challenges of a nation becoming secure and at ease with itself, including its multitude of divisions, conflicts and tensions. Before a people can look out to the greater whole with a measure of freedom from fear, pride and self-centeredness, there needs to be some stability and integration in the national psyche and a true global spirit, a spirit that we can expect at some stage in the future, can only emerge and is only emerging as nations have at least to some degree are dealing with their glamours and illusions so that they can stand secure in who they are and freely share the gifts that they have to bring to the whole. Often, who a nation is and its potential is encapsulated and symbolized in its founding documents. The old commentary uses the language of symbol to speak of the transformation of self. That is what's Leo, that's what Leo is all about. So we read in the Destiny of the Nations, the lion begins to roar. He rushes forth, and in his urge to live, he wields destruction. And then again he roars, and rushing to the stream of life, drinks deep. Then having drunk, the magic of the waters works. He stands transformed. The lion disappears. And he who bears the water pot stands forth and starts upon his mission. It's what happens following the working of the magic of the waters that we might focus our attention on. For when this magic has done its purifying work, when the stones have been molded down to a beautiful, flat, pure surface, and when the Leo subject has begun to tread the reverse wheel, the process of the lion disappearing to become the one who bears the water pot is a process of fire. The quiet background flowing persistence of purification by water is replaced in Leo by a burning away of all that obstructs the mind's recognition of the strong universal self. Preceding initiation, fire in Leo brings an intensification of light, and from esoteric astrology we're told it brings an eventual revelation to the purified man who stands in light. Leo has been called the preeminent fire sign at this time, and this suggests that we might view what's occurring in the world through the lens of God as a consuming fire. Some of you may be familiar with the writings of Richard Raw, an ecumenical Christian writer and teacher who draws on the perennial tradition and the writings of Théodore Chardin, and a very popular um, writer. In his recent book, The Universal Christ, Raw presents a clear, insightful approach to the difference between Jesus and the Christ, affirming that Christ is something, as he writes, 
much more than Jesus' last name. What um, Richard Raw refers to as the Christ mystery is presented in his book as a mystery that is an active participant in our world, wooing us towards wholeness in a vocabulary unique to each soul. This universal Christ acts in history as a force of change and transformation. Raw quotes a comment by Jesus recorded in Luke um, chapter 12, verse 49. It's an incredible statement. In the, in the modern translation it reads, I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and how I wish it were already blazing. In the book, Richard Raw refers to this as one of his favorite metaphors, loving the image of fire not for its destructiveness, but in his words as a natural symbol for transformation, literally the changing of forms. Farmers, he writes, forestry workers and native peoples know that fire is a renewing force, even as it can also be destructive. As Rook comments, Jesus and the Christ working through Jesus believed in fundamental deep change. His first recorded public word was the Greek imperative verb metanuit, literally translated um, as change your mind or go beyond your mind. And in the fourth century, the word was incorrectly translated into Latin by St. Jerome um, in Latin as pean itentia. have to excuse my pronunciation, um, which has a completely different meaning, which means repent or do penance, as against change your mind or go beyond your mind. And this helps to explain the problem with the way in which so much Christian theology has developed, emphasizing rules of morality rather than the references by Jesus to the spirit of transformation that comes from a changed worldview. And with this sort of thought in mind about the fire of the Christ as a fire of transformation, it's heartening to recall the primary vision guiding United Nations policies, all framed under the umbrella, transforming our world a 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. On the reversed wheel of discipleship, Leo brings this fiery spirit of transformation as purifying fires burn away the glamours and illusions of the separated self, allowing the universal self to stand at the centre and identifying one's own transformation with the transformation of humanity. The Leo aspirant and disciple begins to see that the alchemical work of purifying and transforming the lower nature is in itself a service and an act of participation in the wider transformation of the universal human, the transformation which is in essence the expression of the Christ. There is a tendency in esoteric studies to focus on the group identity of the soul, 
sometimes forgetting that this group identity evolves out of a leotype exploration of the individual who confronts the question, who am I? As the Tibetan notes, in Leo, the aspirant passes through a period of self-awareness and self-centered focus before it becomes possible to know the divine spirit that is the true self. And as the Leo subjects, subject deepens their understanding of the self, so they are led into an understanding of others. The personal self in its relationship with the soul and its dawning sense of identification with the universal self, this identity, individuality, becomes the place where the new is built. This is very much akin to the modern idea that change in society begins with and cannot be dissociated from change in oneself. That right relations are built from the ground up, person by person, self by self. The disciple is self-made. In this age where it's so common for spiritual seekers to be engaged in groups of all types, meditation groups, discussion groups, study groups, which all of which is a sign of Aquarius, all of which is a sign of the future. However, in these groups it can be easy to bypass the essential work that must be done by the self, privately. In fact, in reality, secretly. Nobody else is involved oneself, one's own work. And it's good to be reminded to do the work, to develop the disciplines of a regular practice. For the esotericist of any spiritual tradition, this involves a path of private meditation, study, and the private fire of expressing the fruits of this meditation and study through a life of service. As we stand in the flow of energies pouring through the sun and into the psyche at this full moon, it's good to fix our orientation towards an important upcoming festival week of the new group of world servers, which happens every seven years. Every full moon and every new moon between now and December the 21st can be thought of as a contribution to the group's preparation for the energies that will pour into the new group of world servers during the week from December 21st to the 28th. Our task as a global group of meditators is to prepare ourselves to hold a point of heightened group tension through this week. And we can prepare for this in a number of ways. Some may want to make a special effort to tune their inner clocks to the rhythm of linking with the group and using the mantra of the new group of world servers at 5 p.m. every day, observing that rhythm as a contribution and a preparation to the focus of energies that will flow during the festival week. Others may choose to use the great invocation with increased focus and dedication as a way of preparing their own inner sanctuary, their own inner shrine, 
to be able to hold a point of tension during this festival week. Some will hopefully add the practice of linking with a goodwill meditation group and using a, the group meditation, which is a group of people who work with a particular visualization every Wednesday. World Goodwill is now hosting a webinar on the last Wednesday of every month during the period leading up to the festival week to help participants work together in real time and use the visualization outline. Another way of building towards the festival week is to participate in the Cycle of Conferences Visualization Initiative. Right now the um, Cycle Initiative is focused on a conference which meets, I think, from next Monday, um, a conference of the Religions for World Peace Assembly, which meets every, I think, every five or six years. Um, this year it's meeting in Lindau in Germany with the theme, Caring for Our Common Future, Advancing Shared Well-Being. And that cycle of conferences visualization is really oriented towards using the power of a focus group mind to ponder the theme of the conference and seek to identify the essential principles that are at the heart of the thought form being built and to visualize the conference radiated with hierarchical energies of light and love so that the individuals at the conference will, their whole future life will be enhanced by the contacts they make and so that the thought form being built be clarified and the fire become real and living. It can be helpful to ponder the evocative effect that the energies pouring into the humanity in December will have on the new group of world servers. Influenced by Capricorn, these energies will surely draw out a new strength and tenacity of will in the group of servers. And we might expect to see some of this reflected in social movements and in a vast array of new initiatives in fields like education, economics, race relations, psychology, everything one could think of. The Festival Week can be anticipated as an important marker in humanity's journey into the Aquarian Age. Let us look for evidence that the lion who roars is in process of being transformed. And we might expect that those who work together in strong, well-integrated serving groups will increasingly begin to emerge collectively as the ones who carry the water pot and who take decisive steps in leading humanity forward into a new era. Perhaps if we look with an intuitive eye, we will see signs of a new abundant radiate, radiation of delight and enchantment flowing from the minds and hearts of the servers of the world. And in the name of Leo and the energies pouring from Leo, may this be so. So, we'll work together with the form an approach to the hierarchy, the whole purpose of our being together for this work.
letting in the light. Each of us affirms the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servants, that group which mediates between hierarchy and humanity, fused and integrated. Together we say, I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. As a fused group, we project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. We extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind 
open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, humanity, coming into alignment and interplay. Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought for Leo. I am that and that am I. I am that and that am I.
precipitation. Visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan is manifesting. Work with the sixfold progression of divine love. See the energy precipitation through flowing through the sequence of Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servers, the men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and physical centers of distribution. lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. And together sound the affirmation. In the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout 
the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. And consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. Distribution, as we sound the great invocation, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo radiating the consciousness of the entire human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, 
let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, friends. Thank you for that piece of work we've all just shared. The full moon, the Leo full moon, occurs tomorrow morning at 8.29, just before 8.30 tomorrow morning in Eastern Daylight Time. Those of us who are in the Eastern Zone of the United States of America. And then the next, um, there'll be a new moon meeting here in and also broadcast live um, on Friday, August the 30th at 6 p.m. Um, with a theme, the intersection of moral and political discourse. And 
the Virgo full moon, the next full moon, will the meeting will be here on Friday, September the 13th at 6.30 p.m. So thank you, friends. Um, have a good journey home to wherever you may be going. And over and out.